Some people believe that no couple should get married before they have their first fight. Some of you know the dynamics of such a relationship. Your eyes meet across the room for the first time, and it's love at first sight, perhaps. Uh, you go out and you start to discover that you click. You just work well together. You, you get to know each other over many dates and spend a lot of time together. And, and after a while, you think to yourself, this person is just unbelievable. Just, I cannot believe that nobody else has snatched this person up. You, you lie awake at night thinking of how wonderful and how perfect they are. And then some, somewhere along the line, you clash for the first time. And it shocks you. You bump heads. You, you clash over something. Maybe the man was wearing the wrong color socks with his shoes. Or you know, the wrong shirt or something like that. Or maybe it was something more serious, of course. But the couple has to learn how to clash well and how to have a fight and disagree with one another and work through it and reconcile, come through it stronger on the other side. And what couples find is if they can't get through such fights, then they go their separate ways. If they can get through the fight, they're much stronger for it. And of course, we know as human beings that it's impossible to never clash. In fact, the closer you are to someone, the more likely you are to clash with them at times. Uh, think about lockdown. So many people had to live together in close proximity, perhaps for the first time in their lives, and it was difficult. There's always conflict where you have two people together. And I think in, a, in the same way, our relationship with God goes through a similar pattern. You meet Jesus, right, and you're absolutely enamored by him. You cannot believe that this God loves you so deeply. And you get, you get deeply excited about following Christ and giving your life to him and living uh, a life of faith. You get to know God more. You pray, you read your Bible, you're excited about the Christian life. And then somewhere along the line, something happens. The next thing you know, you and God are kind of at odds. You find that you're clashing with him. You find that you have a problem with something that's happened and, and you blame him. Much like in our relationships with people, uh, some Christians work through it with God. But others break it off and they say, you know what, that love was never real to begin with. Now, we're on part two of a series called Praying Simply. Ralph spoke last week about crying out to God. This week, we're going on to confronting God. If you say you've never been angry with God, maybe you're still in the honeymoon phase of your relationship. Or maybe you've just never allowed yourself to admit what you feel. You know, the truth is the Bible is filled with people getting angry with God and confronting God, clashing with him. Abraham got outraged with God when he saw uh, God's plan to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. And he, he confronted God about it. Moses argues with God. God had again decided to wipe out the Israelites after they sinned. And so Moses confronts God and they have a conversation about it. Job, of course, argued with God when his life fell apart. David confronted God many times. We see it in the Psalms, especially the one we read earlier, uh, he said to God in that Psalm, look on me and answer. And when we read it, it seems so dry, but I can imagine David shaking his hands and saying, Lord, answer me already. Come on, speak to me. He was, he was confronting God. 
Think about Jesus on the cross. That famous line, he confronts his father and he says, My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? A desperate moment in his life. Now I wonder how many of you watching are angry with God or are angry with the way things are. I know many of you have lost a lot due to the, the pandemic. We've been doing more funerals than ever at Emsini. Death is in the air, so to speak. It seems like every day we're hearing someone else say someone they know has died. And for many of you, you're mad at God because of the way you've lost someone, because of the pain that you're facing with somebody's death. Many of you are facing broken relationships, uh, loss of jobs and income, loss of health, loss of purpose, great confusion in your life, great loss of joy and peace and hope. How many of us, if we're honest today, feel as if God has let us down? We feel as if he hasn't quite done what he said he would do. We feel as if he could have done more to help us and protect us. Now, I hope that if you feel this way, you don't feel hesitant to talk to God and confront him about these types of things. I think many of us do. But if Abraham and Moses and Job and David and Jesus himself could confront God and talk to him about these issues in their lives, you and I can too. And in fact, you and I should too. You see, confronting God is actually a step of faith. An author named Ian Punnett said this, Many people lose their relationship with God simply because they do not feel as if they have a right to quarrel or to demand answers or to question, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And perhaps you feel this way. You think that confronting God in prayer, in your anger at the way things are, is a loss of faith. It's a step back. It's a bad move. It's disrespectful or sinful even. And so you just don't do it. And then you, you kind of drift from God. Your prayer life dries up. Your Bible reading just dries up. Your spiritual life becomes a burden rather than a joy. Maybe you end up not even engaging with God at all anymore. This is the way it is with us humans. When we're mad at someone, we don't want to talk to them. right? When somebody's offended us or when we have an issue with somebody, we just actually want nothing to do with them. The silent treatment is the classic way we humans deal with conflict. And you know, we're often the same with God. When we're mad at him for, for the way things are, we tend to just cut him out and stop talking to him altogether. But really, that just makes things worse. It turns out, giving God the silent treatment is actually a lack of faith. But confronting him, keeping the relationship alive, that turns out to be an act of faith. Otherwise, would Moses and Abraham and Job and David and Jesus have done that? You see, confronting him keeps us connected to him. When we're connected to him, we can still receive his comfort, his help, his guidance, his love. I want to plead with you today to confront God when you're mad with him rather than not praying at all. You can be angry with God and still love him. Very much like a marriage or a serious relationship. You can 
clash with someone and still respect them and still love them. And please know that God will welcome you even if you come to him angry. Did you hear the words we sang in that old hymn just now? Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come. I come to you, Lord, with all these fightings in my soul, with all these doubts and, and all these wonderings. I don't stay away. I come, the song said. You know what the next verse says? It says, just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. He welcomes you, just as you are, even if you're angry. He welcomes you. Please know that God is not the type of God who will turn you away when you come to him in your anger. God is not like an angry drill sergeant type. He's not. He's a loving father. David, in another place, wrote this. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And so coming to God with your anger is a step of faith. It's saying, I may be mad at him, but I refuse to give up on him. Neglecting your relationship though, refusing to pray at all, or being fake and shallow in your prayers, those are steps away from true faith. Faithful prayer cannot be faked. Praying truthfully is what it's all about. Friends, it's pointless to fake it, to come into God's presence and pretend everything's okay in your spirit when you're angry. That doesn't make any sense either. Come to God as you are, in faith, that he will hear you, whatever it is you're feeling. Don't turn your back. Don't withdraw. Keep the relationship alive. And it turns out that that'll be a step of faith. And what you'll find is that confronting God is actually also a step towards healing. Any relationship knows that Things need to be spoken through, talked through when there's tension. If you don't talk about it, if you rather leave it unsaid, it bottles up and it, it grows inside of you and it starts to fester like a wound. Bottling stuff up leads to long-term resentments. And oh boy, that has a bad effect on your mental and your physical health. Letting it out, dealing with your anger is actually a step towards healing. The fields of psychology and medicine tend to agree with this. In fact, when we're angry for a long period of time, our neural processes and our bodies start to do strange things. A psychologist named Catherine Crowley writes this about people who try to hold their anger in. Such individuals may have anger stored in their abdomen, their chest, their neck and shoulders. Anger suppressors may feel irritated and uncomfortable even if they don't seem visibly angry. I think you know what I'm talking about. When you have pent-up anger, it makes you tense all over in your body. And in fact, doctors Paul Mayer and Frank Minerth say this in their book, Introduction to Psychology and Counseling. Pent-up anger is the root of nearly all clinical depression. Quite a statement. Keeping it in is a bad idea. Another doctor, Andrew Newberg, wrote a fascinating book called How God Changes Your Brain. And his research shows that simple spiritual practices like prayer, reading the Bible, actually enhance people's neural functioning. How about that? 
and improve their emotional health. He talks about all the benefits health-wise that are actually associated with prayer. But then he says this, he found that unprocessed anger has a way of wiping out all the positive effects that prayer causes in our brains. And you know, I believe this is why confronting God when we're angry is vital. It's why the biblical characters that we spoke about didn't hold back but let out their frustration because it's only when we work through our anger with God and confront Him that we begin to find healing of our spirits and our emotions and even our bodies. Lee Strobel tells the following story in a great sermon of his that I listened to on YouTube called When You're Mad at God. He said, I knew a man who was a Christian for 17 years, but he got very mad at God because of a deep sadness that he felt over a very personal loss in his life. This is what he told me. He said, Lee, I was driving somewhere, and I pounded my fist on the steering wheel in the dash of my car, and I yelled at God for forcing me to give up what I'd lost. I cried, and I grieved. And it was only after that that I was able to talk to God in a more controlled manner. He had to get mad. He had to let all that pent-up anger out. And he started to heal. His relationship with, with God started to get back on the right track. When he quit holding it in, he could take a step forward. How many of us remain unhealed in our relationship with God because we're, we're stuck in a little corner of bitterness and resentment. We're not letting it out. How many of us might find new healing if we just talk to God honestly and confront him about what we're mad about? Uh, a chaplain at a hospital in the States, North Star Hospice, uh, he said this, that it's important for a person to find a way to express their anger at God in order to deal with it. Because expressing anger can be cathartic and help a person move forward. He'd seen it in action in people who were dying. And so once again, let me say to you, confront God in prayer. If you're mad at him, don't withdraw. Don't neglect your relationship. But come to him and, and say what you've got to say. It could be that you're not healing the way you should because you're not expressing what you feel. So let's talk about how to do it, how to confront God in prayer. It's quite simple, really. Just get alone with God and let it out. Talk to him honestly. Say what's on your mind. Leave out all the pious stuff. You know, don't try to use churchy language and all the these and thous and all that. Forget about that stuff. Just let it out. Just, just let rip. If your sentences don't make sense, that's fine. If you lose your train of thought, that's fine. Just be honest and be open and talk, yell if you have to. There's a great old movie that came out in the 90s called The Apostle. It was about a preacher whose life kind of fell apart. And there's a powerful scene where the main character yells at God. In great frustration, he stomps around his room and just shakes his fists at the heavens and has it out with God. The whole neighborhood wakes up. <laughs> and across town, his mom is speaking to an angry neighbor who's now woken up. And she says to the neighbor, sometimes he talks to the Lord, sometimes he yells at the Lord. Tonight he happens to be yelling. <laughs> God can take it when we yell. God knows what's in your heart. There's no point in a polite prayer if you need to yell. 
As my mom likes to say, God has broad shoulders. He can take it. Put away your need to to sound poetic and to find clean-cut, organized words. Just, Just tell him how you feel. Cry and grieve and spit and stomp. Be honest. And if you can't seem to do that, if that doesn't work, try this. Why not write a letter to God or a message? Uh, The other day I received a message that really upset me. It totally shook me. And I got real mad and resentful at the person who sent this message for a day or two. I went into like a state of shock because it was such a strange message that I got. But I thought to myself, instead of replying straight away, let me just wait. The next day I I typed out this long message to send back and then I copied it and pasted it into another chat and sent it to a friend of mine who was kind of journeying with me through this issue. And I tell you, after just writing it out and sending it to my other friend, I felt so much better. And what I realized was that much of my reaction was actually unnecessary. My anger started to dissipate almost immediately after I'd expressed it. I realized that I was actually overreacting. I realized that I was taking things far too personally when that was not the point of the message that I'd been sent. I realized I didn't need to send that to that person. It would have just made things worse. So I deleted it. And I felt so much better. And the relationship carried on without any issues because getting it out helped me to realize that I was actually okay and that I could heal. Getting it out helped me to not become resentful to that person. It was the best thing I could have done was to have just write, wrote out that message and then not actually sent it. Maybe, maybe you need to send God a message or write God out a long WhatsApp and send it to a friend and say, this is what I'm feeling towards God at the moment. Or write out an email and send it to God. Now, unlike my situation where the person never actually saw it, of course God is going to see, but he knows anyway. And he'll handle it. He won't throw you out. He won't uh, disown you because of what you've felt. He'll keep the relationship alive if you do. Let it out. Express it. Or perhaps uh, talking to somebody about it. Find a counselor or a minister or just a trusted Christian friend who you can explain your anger to. You know, it's a little easier because that person has a physical face you can look at, unlike God who feels like you're talking to nobody some of the time. The three of you, you, the other person, and God can sit in a room and just work through that anger and blow off that steam. Whatever it is, do it. Do it. Don't withdraw. You have a God who welcomes you even in your anger. He can take it. And so, do it. But let me remind you, in spite of all of this, as we close, to confront God with the goal of seeking a way forward. Our goal in confronting God in prayer should always be to let go of our anger. It should always be to find healing and to move past the anger. You know, picking a fight for the sake of picking a fight, now that's sin. That's a bad idea. Arguing with God just for the sake of it, that's useless. That doesn't lead to healing at all. But if you confront God with a goal of restoring your relationship, with a goal of finding a way forward, that's when healing comes.
Paul said to the Ephesians in our reading earlier, Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, don't let it keep festering. Don't let the sun go down while the anger is still bubbling up. Let it out and then move past it. Otherwise the evil one is going to have a a stronghold, a foothold, and bring you down. Notice, neither Abraham, nor Moses, nor Job, nor David, nor Jesus, nor any of the biblical confronters became all bitter and twisted about what they were confronting God of. They, they didn't let it fester. They let it out, but then they carried on and they went on to good things. They found a way forward. And you can too if you approach God with this in mind. Let's go back to Psalm 13, which we read at the beginning of the service. David begins by saying, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? Why are you hiding your face? Answer me. Confronting God angrily. But then at the end of the psalm, he changes his tune and he says this. Verses 5 and 6. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. See, even in his anger, David recognized that instead of wallowing in it, instead of letting it overwhelm him, there's a better way. A way that chooses to trust in God's love. A way that chooses to rejoice in God's salvation and his friendship. A way that chooses to sing praise instead of being angry. Don't get stuck in your anger, friends. Confront God. But confront him with an aim of getting past it. Express it. Let it out. And then choose to trust in his love. Choose to rejoice in the fact that God has saved you. Choose to sing praise for his goodness, even though you're feeling what you're feeling. You know, here's the truth. Even if you're mad at God, he knows what he's doing. Even if you're mad at God, he can still be trusted. He is still good. And so would you seek a way forward? Confront, but seek faith. Confront but seek trust. Confront but seek praise. Confront but seek joy. He's a good God. He loves you. And he doesn't want you to stay in that place of anger. And so my friends, perhaps no couple should get married before their fight. Perhaps no Christian has really gone deep with God until they've let off an angry confrontational prayer or two. There's no shame in an angry, honest, gut-wrenching conversation with God. No shame whatsoever. In fact, it's a step of faith. And it's a step towards healing. And so I pray that you'll take the time, if you need to, to confront God about what's upset you. You'll join the great company of the saints who've done it before you. But I pray that you'll always seek a resolution. That in your anger, as you seek God and as you confront Him, You will do it looking for a way to move forward. One of my favorite verses from the book of James where he writes, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God in your anger. Confront him and draw near and he will draw near to you and help you through. So come, let's pray.
Oh God, we thank you that even in our anger you welcome us to the throne. We thank you that you won't turn us away when we come just as we are. We thank you, Lord, that you love us and you long for our healing from the things that anger us. Give us the courage to be honest with you, O God. Give us the courage to speak our minds in prayer. Give us the faith to know that you love us even when we're angry at the way things are. But, O God, I pray for healing. I pray for those who are angry today. I pray that in coming to you and letting it out, your people will find healing and find a way forward in their lives. You didn't create us to be stifled and stopped short by our anger. And so when we confront you in prayer, please be patient, O God. Please be kind. Please guide us to a place of deep trust, deep faith, and deep joy. Holy Spirit, touch each heart that is watching today, I pray. Fill us now. Send us back into the world with your praise on our lips, your power at our fingertips, your peace in our hearts. We pray this all. In the most holy and precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.